Hi, and welcome to the Eat, Move, Live 52 podcast. The holidays are here. Are you ready? Yeah, I just listened back to the episode you're about to hear, and I pulled an amazing quote from Galena. She said something that really hit home, lasered in on the issues surrounding stress during the holidays. Once you let stress and overwhelm take the wheel, you are no longer in control. Couldn't have said it better myself. Take a deep breath, listen up. Let's take this holiday season where you want it to go. Southern California, the weather is miserable. It's only like 65 degrees. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so one of the things that we've been really excited about is we launched our Chill Holidays program a couple of of weeks ago, right? So tell us a little bit about that. So for those of you who who have been with us for a while, you know that group coaching is one of the things that we're really passionate about. And it's not because we don't love our one-on-one movement and nutrition clients, but because there are these incredible transformations that we can live as a community. And we love bringing people together who get to know each other, who inspire each other, who support each other through obstacles. And uh, for the last three years, we've been doing these 90-day programs that introduce anywhere between 10 and 12 habits throughout 90 days that help us all get on a better track with optimal weight and uh, putting things like inflammation under control and really, really helping with creating a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. And one thing that we learned from all of you guys who were so kind to teach us as your teachers, you were kind to teach us throughout the last holiday 90-day program that started last October 1st, is that the holidays are particularly challenging time of year for those of you who are especially still learning how to create this healthy lifestyle for yourself. And even for those of us that are more like veterans, like Roland just celebrated 14 years since his weight loss, those of us that have been at it for a while, it can be extra challenging because of just, you know, our common humanity of getting stressed out and all that the holidays bring to, to each of us. So we decided this year to create a six week program that introduces every day a five to 10 minute video or audio or, or a small written handout that helps us stay kind of on the same page, that helps remind us of all the various different gentle and kind ways to take care of ourselves without overwhelming us throughout the holidays. And so we launched that. We started the week before Thanksgiving. We started November 21st. And anyone can join it at any time before it ends on January 1st. So if that's something that piques your interest, please please hop on board. But one thing that we're really learning through this is to make these small bite-sized lessons that you can just integrate into your daily life. And we're bringing both nutrition tips, things like um, you know how to balance the different macronutrients for satiety, how to help yourself with natural food, satisfy your sweet cravings, or things like how to mindfully pay attention to food, 
or how to integrate specific short movement strategies. But we're also bringing this bigger piece of mindfulness and mm. awareness and really being able to kind of take stress by the horns. Can you say that in English? Take the bull by the horns. Take the bull by the horns. If stress was the a bull. The bull is stress. Yeah. If stress is a bull. Stress is a bull. Take it by the horns. Um, one thing that some of you know, but many of you don't know, is that um, over the last um, three now, some almost four years now, is I have been in a program um, called Somatic Experiencing, and now I'm, I'm graduated now. So as a Somatic Experiencing practitioner, what I do is help people through different challenges that are the physiological expressions of stress, both from present and past. And so things like how stress from daily life can really wreak havoc on our health. And, um, and as a trauma therapist, I really, one of my skills that I've developed over the last few years learning is how to help people connect to themselves and how to deal with difficult emotions, how to deal with difficult situations. So I have taken some of those new skills really into our programs and helping more with short meditation exercises, uh, learning how to relate uh, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually to ourselves in order to get through these more challenging seasons. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really been amazing. I, I can't be more grateful to the program and my teachers and the path that I've been on. I feel like I get humans better than ever and I'm excited for how this is going to continue for me over the last couple of years, over the next couple of years. Yeah. 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 yeah so, I mean, we've been really excited about, we always get excited about the holiday season. <clears throat> I really, love really, the holidays. I really, we really love it, but we are so tuned in to our clients and family and friends who are really get stressed out about the holidays. It's just this overall sort of looming holiday stress and you feel it even like a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. And as people, it really starts back at Halloween when after that bag of candy, like that's like the first event of the holiday season, even though it's not a, it's not the same kind of holiday, but you end up with all sorts of treats the week before Halloween, the week after, all sorts of leftover candy or the candy that your kids have collected. And that sort of really sets the stage for the holiday um, non-stop treats, non-stop treats. I said that too fast. But just sort of plays it's sort of a vicious circle. Like the more stressed you are, the more you eat the treats, the more you eat the treats, the more sort of stressed and worried about the holiday weekend, things like that. And you said something interesting. You said that we, earlier, you said that we have a holiday setting. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's almost like, you know, a lot of the things we do daily are, are an autopilot, right? And there are these particular modes that we get into, right? Like vacation mode, weekend mode. I have cleaning mode. It's like get out of the house, I'm in cleaning mode kind of mode. And, and it starts at really awkward times. Like right when we're doing something else, suddenly she's in cleaning mode. And I'm like, why would you do this right now? Yeah, and, and I often don't have a good answer. <laughs> so, so here it is, right? Um, but we also have holiday mode, right? And whatever holiday mode is to you. So for some people, holiday mode is go, 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 go. 40 people coming to my house, change the curtains, change the decoration, make sure that the carpet cleaner comes in. That's one way. I don't think we change curtains here in America. Oh, you don't know my clients. Do you want to switch for a week? They're going to oh, really? have a lot of fun. Maybe. And then, and then 
there's the other holiday mode, which is for some people, I am single. The holidays remind me mm. of a loss. I am reminded that I'm not dating right now and I wish I was. I miss a loved one that is no longer around. Like for me, the holidays can be incredibly homesick. Me being, you know, very far away from my family of origin and my friends. And I am with, you know, with, with my family, with Roland, but it's very different from, from being where I grew up, right? So whatever holiday mode is, there's a particular set of eating and moving and resting and sleeping behaviors that that setting comes with. Gotcha. And whatever that is, we usually go into it without a way to be aware of, oh, that's that thing. It's that mode that I go into that last year led to, you know, gaining eight pounds or, um, you know, picking up drinking again or, you know, over overtaxing my credit card, whatever it is. Yeah. And you might be surprised. I mean, those of you who have been with us for a while might be surprised that people, we still get people that come to us and say, oh, I wish there was a way to stop the holiday gain, weight gain, or all this holiday stress. Um, what can I do on January 1st or January 2nd to, to take it back off? And I said, well, okay, like this is October. Like you don't really, we're in the middle of October or Death middle of sentence. November, right? It's like, there's another option. Like you don't have to, and they're like, no, oh, no, no. The holidays is nonstop. Like every day is a holiday. Every day is a thing. And then like what we, we just have kind of have to sit them down and we, we actually have a calendar where we print it out. Like we, we made a calendar of all of the, the three or so months of the holiday season. They sort of overlap a little bit on, you know, but it's basically November, December, and like a couple days before and a couple days after. And we go through and we circle the different actual holidays. Then you circle the day around it, like before and after, because sometimes those are pretty legitimate. Like you're still traveling and visiting people. And so like holidays extend to the day before, day after. And then we kind of ask them, well, how many holiday parties do you typically go to? And they say, oh, you know, like a Christmas party, like maybe two Christmas parties, maybe three. So we circle those and then say, well, what else is there? I said, oh, well, there's all the leftovers, right? Oh, okay, well, let's circle all the days where there's leftovers. And when we look at, well, even with the leftovers, even with these holiday parties, there's really not that many days. If you really look at a calendar, you really think about it, there really are not that many days of holiday or holiday party. That is true. However, Roland, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to play devil's advocate this here. This is not when what we I, talked about. When I go, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of like get in the skin of, of any of my students that, that struggle with the holidays. Once you let stress and overwhelm take the wheel, you no longer have a sense of being in control. And so that's a big part of it. It is the, oh, I submit, I give up whatever, I'll mm -hmm. just deal with it in January because there's too much going on. Or you've convinced yourself that there's too much going on or your holiday mood is creating extra work for you. Can I give an example with our Thanksgiving? Yes. Okay, so full disclosure here, we had no turkey this Thanksgiving. And before you feel sorry for us, let us tell you, you can always send us some turkey by the way in the mail, but before you feel sorry for us, let us tell you that we don't enjoy turkey that much. No, I like turkey. Yeah, but the... But the rest, no one else, you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, turkey's okay. And then we have so many leftovers and we have to deal with this big bird for weeks after and have turkey everything at home. 
So this year we decided to have um, finger food Thanksgiving, which our friends are calling the non-Thanksgiving Thanksgiving dinner. Now on Facebook I have found out. Oh. It's really funny. Look at this non-Thanksgiving Thanksgiving dinner. So we made chicken wings instead. And how long did that take? Less time than a turkey. It took about an hour. Yeah. And how long would a turkey have taken? Many hours. And how many days of defrosting before that? Several days. And how much space in the fridge? All the space. <laughs> they have a small fridge. So that's one way that we took significant stress off of ourselves. We also asked our friends to bring stuff. So on Thanksgiving Day, I made one guacamole dip with cashew cheese. I roasted vegetables and we roasted the chicken wings and I made a pumpkin custard the night before and some stuffed cabbage leaves the night before. And that was it. I think we didn't collectively between Roland and I, we probably had three hours of cooking between the two days. Yeah, it was, it was easy. It was not too bad. And then we had different like sauce, like wing sauces, you know, blue cheese, barbecue, hot wing sauce, and like people could have whatever they wanted. And um, everyone loved it. And, and we, had, we had a little bit of a scruffy hospitality too. Like we didn't really, I didn't spend three days cleaning the house. Well, it's always clean around here, dear. I know, but you can really go overboard decorating and really trying really hard. And yeah. I just, I just didn't have time for that. Yeah, that's this. I mean, we'll kind of. Di di I'm glad you brought up the scruffy hospitality. I'll see if I can find the link to that and put it in the show notes, which you'll be able to find at eatmovelive52.com/slash/holidaypodcast. But there's a concept of scruffy hospitality where it's more where it's really a, an er, uh, an, uh, an attempt to bring back the hospitality and the camaraderie and the family relationships and the friend relationships and not worry so much about how perfect your house is. You're still allowed to be clean and you're still allowed to decorate, but it, you know, think about like maybe when you were kids, if you were out somewhere and you ran into some friends and like your parents would say, hey, why don't you guys come back to our house? We're gonna, we'll have a cup, we'll have some coffee and some, uh, maybe some, some dessert or some dinner. We have some leftovers and you just get together. That's the scruffy hospitality part because when you get together with your family and your friends, they really want to see you. They don't want to see how perfect your, your house is decorated. That's just a bonus. So I think we're not enough about that, but let's get back to, uh, about this other thing. So we really took a lot of the pressure off by relaxing our own personal requirements for what makes a holiday dinner, right? So when you, like if you think conventional of a conventional holiday dinner, you're thinking about all the, like the, the turkey or the ham and all the trimmings and everything has to be perfect, everyone's favorites. Just but by inviting people over and saying, hey, we're gonna do, we, I call it wingsgiving because it was based on chicken wings, wingsgiving. And you know, I, once I told my, my kids even that we're having wings, I said, what, what are your favorites that you wanna have? And they're like, oh, other finger foods will be great. Mm -hmm. So we had you know, raw vegetables, we had roasted vegetables that we could pick up. We allowed forks, because they were certainly not a requirement. We had some really nice um, raw cheeses and fermented sausages and mm -hmm. some dried olives. Yeah. It was just all really delicious. And it was kind of nice because we still got to have a lot of the hors d'oeuvre kind of things that we normally get to eat, but we didn't feel as heavy and bloated afterward because the hors d'oeuvres became part of the dinner, right? Instead of the hors d'oeuvres, your hors d'oeuvres before the dinner. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it was all kind of served at once. And then we watched um, 
the little prince and that was really cool yeah yeah it was, a good, it was a good it was really really a wonderful story such a wonderful story if you haven't seen the new netflix uh, there's been other animated and also what's the word of non-animated for non-animated movies screen screen movie live action yeah i don't I, non-animated people real actors real actor know. movies um there's really there's been other um screen interpretations of the little prince which is one of my favorite books of all times but this one is particularly beautiful and the style of animation is just amazing it's it's not the modern cgi stuff that you normally see you'd love it yeah it's a great story Okay, so a couple of things that uh, we wanted to bring up around the holidays so that you can have your happiest, healthiest holidays ever. Yes, so these are things that you can do that's going to help you, you know, the holidays have already started, but it's going to help you manage your energy levels, manage your stress, manage your waistline, and still allow you to enjoy the holidays and come out the other side feeling better than ever. Yeah, so the, the first thing, and we have a, a really, really detailed video on the five strategies for having healthy and happy holidays that you can see in the show notes. But we're going to talk a little bit different about different strategies here so that you're going to have both, um, both lens of, of looking at the holidays. The first thing that I really want to bring up that I find really important, not just throughout the holidays, but any time of stress, is that you can only do best with different aspects of your life at different parts of the day. And if you haven't thought of that until now, now is a good time to start implementing. I'll give you an example. Most of what we do for the holidays is preparing our homes and shopping and cooking and buying gifts and wrapping, right? Mm -hmm. Those would be, and sitting in traffic and <laughs> in lines, right? So it's important to think about at what time of the day you can do those things and how much mental energy and focus they're going to require. In my case, I can't take time off of being in my studio. So that means that I'm going to have to have my mental clarity to be with my students in the studio, to also write and create content for them and different content that we create to be online for different publications right now with our new book being out. So I need that time that I'm most focused throughout the day to not be the time that I'm using to scrub toilets or not be the time that I'm using to mash pumpkin and coconut together, right? So you want to think about your most productive focus time throughout the day and do your work then. What we tend to do on autopilot is we just get the things that we feel are urgent out of the way, no matter how much brain power we have for it. So you might find yourself doing things like shopping when your brain's actually in prime shape right now to be doing maybe setting up the menu, which includes more focus, or maybe even doing something work-related, like responding to an email. So think about what hours of the day are your most creative and functional hours. Dedicate them to the, the focused work that you need to do, and then do your chores and house cleaning and laundry and things like that at the time that is not your most productive time. Does that make sense? It does. I like to think of it the reverse. You think of like sort of like a positive versus negative or a glass half empty, half full kind of a thing. I like to look at the kinds of things that I need to do, need to do and think which of these can I still do when I don't have the mental energy 
to be at my best, right? So when I know, like, so I imagine myself tired at the end of the day, and I know I need to do things, and I may not be physically tired, but I'm mentally tired, I can do, that's when I can clean, mm-hmm. right? I might not want to, but I can do it. Versus if I do it in the morning when I'm fresh, by the end of the day, I can't write, or I can't podcast, or I can't come up with a creative menu or decorate something. Right. Right. Love it. So think about that. Manage your energy. That's your first one. You want to take up the second one, Roland, with movement throughout the day? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the holiday things we do, you know, the cooking and the cleaning, it's not traditional exercise, but it's still, it's still movement, right? And we get really caught up in, especially people who are really been um, exercising a lot and they've already made some progress and they don't want to lose that progress by not going to the gym. They have a tendency to um, worry a lot about missing out on, on a workout. So if you, but on the other hand, if you've gone from a five day a week workout program and now the holidays are getting here, you might not be able to do five days a week. So oftentimes they will force themselves to do five days a week and they drop something off in the other area. Unfortunately, the other area is usually sleep, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and once, as we've talked about before on this podcast and written about on our website, when sleep suffers, everything else suffers. The, you know, so the, the, the most important asset you have that you should protect is your sleep. Yeah. And, and that being said, think about all the movement opportunities you have throughout the holidays. Things like shopping, walking, lifting, carrying, chopping, cleaning, <laughs> all of that. And, you know, people will walk the equivalent of a marathon between Thanksgiving and New Year just doing stuff. Yes, it's surprising if you have a Fitbit or a Jawbone or an uh, Apple Watch or any of those things, pay attention when you are doing normal things. Like cooking doesn't take a lot of steps, but it's still movement and it's important movement. But shopping does take a lot of steps. And you'd be surprised. Cleaning the house, vacuuming takes a lot of steps and it also takes a lot of creative steps. You end up squatting and bending over and doing all these things, going up and down the stairs that you don't normally do when you just go out for a walk. So if you're a, like a, a passionate person about walking, keep track of the steps you're doing with your other things. It's not just about walking. It's that, you know, we go out walking because we're not getting the movement that we should be getting in life. So if you're already getting the movement you should be getting in life, in other things, you don't always have to go out walking. And also think of the holidays as an active rest time, right? All of us who have structured exercise programs, we know from athletes and other people who really apply themselves to a physical skill, whether it's strength or mobility or something that you're trying to gain, how important rest is for your tissues to recover. So this is your time that you can do walking and you can do active rest throughout all the other activities. And this way you remove the stressor and the expectation of I should be doing this and instead of doing that. And the discontent that you might bring into a family gathering because it took something away from you, which you imagined was important, can really take away from the joy of the holiday. Yeah. And one of the thing, one of the ways that I think is the, the best way, like let's say you have a relative you haven't spent a lot of time with in a while, a couple of years maybe, one of the best ways to spend some quality time with that person is at the holiday, like after a meal or before a meal, just ask them to go for a walk. And I'm going for a walk. You want to join me? 
and you're going to get in some extra steps. You're going to get them get in some extra steps. You're going to spend some more quiet time and have conversations that you wouldn't normally have there sitting on the couch. Yeah, and the more you walk, the less opportunities to eat. Yeah, good point. The Good other point. day I had uh, one friend stay over after Thanksgiving and another friend uh, came later. I hadn't seen her in a year and a half. And so between the two of them and going for our two walks and going shopping with Roland to send a little care package to um, a friend in a different country, we had like, I had like 26,000 steps by the end of the day, which is quite a few more than mm -hmm. I get on a regular day. Yeah. So then another thing we can talk about where that's, that's important is just sticking to the plan. Now, I don't mean sticking to your plan from before the holidays, but just kind of come up with like your plan in general is to eat healthy and get a reasonable amount of movement and, and things like that. So, so if you think back to that calendar we talked about of all the different days, with all the different holidays and the parties on it, if you can stick to the plan on all of the days and the times leading up, to those holidays. So like if you're at a holiday party in the evening, that doesn't mean that whole day is blown, right? If you have a holiday on Thursday for Thanksgiving, that doesn't mean Friday's blown, Saturday's blown, Sunday's blown. Unless you want it to Unless be Unless you blown. want it to be, right? Which comes down to the, um, so, so sort of stick to your plan and then enjoy in moderation the holiday events that you do have. Because you, you deserve to have fun, you deserve to enjoy it, but the holiday season doesn't have to become one big holiday meal. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've been talking about it and, and maybe this is a nice segue into our next um, piece here where we're going to talk about holiday weight gain. So many people work so incredibly hard to whether um, come to their optimal weight throughout the year or to increase some sort of uh, athletic ability or even to get free from some sort of pain that's um, tormenting them. Um, and with the holidays coming, both with the higher consumption of sugar around Halloween and less sleep and the stress and the, the anticipation of what the holidays mean to you, um, oftentimes that can lead to wanting to eat a little bit more, eating a little bit more, and then seeing some rapid changes on the scale. And the rapid changes on the scale, um, although they don't mean that you gained fat, in, a, in, a, in an emotional way that can kind of really swing you and send you down a spiral. Can you talk about this a little bit, Roland? About how people gain weight and they overinterpret what that means? Mm, yes. So when you have had a low intake of food because you're watching your weight and the food that you are eating is extra healthy, so it's lower in sodium, not low carb, but lower in carbs, then when you have a, a big meal or many big meals in succession, hard to say, in succession, what happens is several things sort of compound each other. You get more volume of food goes into your, into your system. And it takes a, so each meal might, what if a meal weighs one pound more than the meal you typically eat? And you're eating three or four different meals. Those are all passing through your system. So now you have three or four pounds of extra food just in your stomach right there, not in your stomach, but within your body, right? passing, passing through. In the elementary canal. The elementary canal, right? <laughs> and that's a good one. And um, so that, those things, that's, that's, so that's a couple pounds. Let's, let's even say that's just two pounds, right? And then there's extra carbs in them, right? So carbs 
we help replenish your glycogen stores. And every, I think, whatever it is, every gram of glycogen can absorb four grams of water weight. Yeah, so think about like, like carbs are very hydrophilic, which means they're going to draw more water to themselves. So you're almost like this sponge, right? You've been empty and now you're full and dripping. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, basically that same thing that makes your, if you have like a rice bowl and you're like, oh, you know, if I'm, when I'm low carb, all that sauce just kind of drips out the bottom. But when I have a rice bowl, the sauce all gets absorbed into the rice. So that's just sort of the image that's a great that metaphor. Have, right? Yeah. So, so what will happen is a lot of us will get on the scale and I, I can't speak for Roland, but me as a female who grew up as a classical dancer, to me, there's this conditioning that if the number goes up, that's a bad thing and that it's fat. Like no one when I was growing up said, oh, by the way, when the scale moves up, it's probably water or sugar, or you know, you ate something salty, or there's more mass in your elementary canal. You know, my ballet teacher would say, you know, you're fat 200 times on the jump rope. Like that's what she would say. She'd come and pinch us. Like she'd pinch our, our, our like whatever minuscule fat we had on us. And, and she'd say, oh, you know, 200 times on a jump rope. So some of us are so conditioned to interpret that signal from the scale as, oh my God, I'm gaining fat instead of what's actually happening, which is just, you know, bodies ebb and flow on a daily mm -hmm. basis. And what will happen is when that stress gets added to the already heightened stress of the holidays, what are you gonna eat? More foods that make you feel good. How much are you gonna eat? More than usual. What is that gonna do? Cause more weight gain. Is that gonna make you feel like you probably blew a whole year worth of exercise, movement, and nutrition efforts before that? Depending on who you are, very possibly so. Yeah. So there are. So we talked about just the mass, the extra mass of the food, the extra volume of the food, and then there's the the food, uh, what it can absorb, right? So it helps you retain water either in your cells or the food itself retains water, like that sponge. And then there's um, salt is another one. So salt and sodium, holiday foods, especially if you're eating them out or treats, snacks, the kind of things that come in bowls in the snack table, right? Those are going to add a lot of salt and sodium and carbs. And those are going to make you swell up as well, like mm -hmm. make you retain water. And right. we all, you know... So, but it's not, re that's not fat. It's just retaining, it's just weight. And it would be so much easier if we could get away from the weight itself and have some sort of magical way to tell what's legitimate, healthy mass and what's not. But yeah. until then, we just kind of have to not focus on these things as much. And use the traditional method of using common sense. Yes. yes. Yeah, right. So I will say that there is a legitimate holiday weight gain problem, right? And what that usually comes from is people saying, you know, Screw it, right? New Year thinking, baby. Right? So what happens is because of this, there, you know, I hate to say it's a myth of holiday weight gain because it's true, but, but it's a self-perpetuating prophecy, self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So holiday weight gain, oh, I'm going to weight gain weight for the holidays. Oh, so then what am I even going to, why even fight it, right? But if you follow some of the things that we just talked about, it, that's not going to be a problem. If you do not give in to the idea that you're going to gain weight over the holidays, then you can still enjoy the holidays and just enjoy the holiday meals, enjoy some snacks in moderation. And by kind of looking at things, 
sticking to your plan when it's not a holiday event, you're going to be fine. Yeah, my dream for the future is that we never have to talk about this in a few years because everybody will understand that the whole holiday weight gain thing is is almost like this illusion that we make true by our own behaviors. Yeah. It's almost like a like a nocebo thing, right? Like we 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 make ourselves believe something. Anyways, back to the strategies as we round up this episode with some more practical things you guys can do. If you, even if you see the scale go up, just don't believe it and go back to your healthy behaviors, yes. movement throughout the day and, and basing your regular throughout the day meals on, on real whole foods. Yeah, the couple of days after Thanksgiving are the biggest, uh, like the biggest wake up calls, right? Where people go, oh my gosh, I gained all this weight. I gained all this fat. Not true. But what you can do is you can say, you can you just stepped on the scale and you know what, it, what your post-holiday weight is, your first post-holiday weight. What you can do is focus the next few days on the healthiest foods, right? So we're going to look at protein, healthy protein sources. And we're going to look at filling our plate with vegetables. Protein and vegetables. Each meal should be protein and vegetables primarily. The rest of the stuff is extras. Save the fruit for dessert when you do need a dessert, but protein and vegetables are the main things. Now, it's okay to use fat. There's going to be natural fat in most protein sources, and you are going to need some fat sometimes to cook your vegetables or to cook your protein sources. That's perfectly fine. Focus on the healthiest ones you have available, like olive oil, something like that healthy salad dressings, and don't go crazy on them. I'm just sort of let the fat work themselves out. You don't have to overthink this too much, but think about the, when you're eating the food, what are the necessities? What, are the, what is the most important thing? And that's protein, which is satiating, filling, helps build muscle, helps retain muscle, keeps you satisfied longer, right? And, and ups your metabolism. Ups your metabolism. Um, is ups a real word? Whatever. Mm, ups. ups. Ups it. No, it is. Okay. And then vegetables, which fill with micronutrition, filled with fiber. It takes you longer to eat them. It's satisfying. It's crispy, crunchy, and um, fills. It, it feeds the healthy bacteria throughout your gut. And all of these things are good, good things, right? Yeah. And the other amazing thing about vegetables and uh, fall and winter foods is that they're not as nutrient dense. So if you look at a piece of cheese and the same volume of cauliflower, you're going to have a lot more calories and nutrients um, that, you know, will contribute more towards, um, you know, higher caloric value in the cube of cheese instead of the same volume of cauliflower. So one thing you can do making soups and stews throughout the season is you can really load them with vegetables. Uh, Roland makes a chili that's like three quarters vegetables. I'm like, where's the meat? And it's it's, <laughs> it's really, in there. It's ground up. It's in there. One pound of meat and twenty pounds of vegetables. It's incredible. So use those fall and my kids eat it. Yeah, fall winter comfort foods that you know you can really like volumize them by putting. That's also a word by putting a lot of veggies in them and all that fiber and all that volume is going to nourish you. It's also going to give you a chance to chew and really extend your meal, stretch out your meal. So do that a lot throughout these next five weeks and you're going to love us for these advices. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I think, gosh, it seems like we've covered a lot. We I, have covered a lot. And, um, if you want more, 
Right. War. What you're going to do is I'm going to have a lot of information here in the show notes. I'm going to keep it all holiday related. If you go to eat, move, live 52.com slash holiday podcast, you're going to find all the information. So there is a link to Galena doing a wonderful presentation called uh, five strategies for to beat stress and overeating this holiday season. And that's a great, pretty short sweet video with some really actionable things you can do. It's free. Um, then we've got the chill holidays cheat sheet, which I'm going to put in there too. So if you're a recent subscriber to our uh, mailing list or our, our website, you might have already downloaded the chill holidays cheat sheet and been enjoying that right now. But it's got some great tips. A lot of the stuff we just covered today are in there. And you can print it off, stick it on your fridge, and have a chill holiday for the rest of the year and you're gonna hit January feeling better than you ever have. So I hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure to check out the show notes, eatmovelive52.com slash holiday podcast. And we will be back soon with another episode. See you soon. Bye everybody. If you like today's show and want more episodes like it, you can help us by rating and reviewing the show wherever you subscribe. That means iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or in the podcast app on your phone. Do you know somebody who can benefit from today's episode? Share it right now from the show notes, which you can always find at eatmovelive52.com slash notes. And that funk that's playing behind me, it's called Proto Funk by Kevin McLeod. Thanks, and talk to you soon. Oh, my God.